You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at MatthewLelandCox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. Hey guys, today's show I'm going to be going over our belief systems, how we see ourselves through the windows that we look through in our life. What kind of things did we learn as an adolescent or even a young adult that we have on our belief windows that keep us and hold us back? So I'm excited with this topic. It's something I've done over the years as I've coached people individually, helping them see their window and how to change it. So let's get to work. I'm going to be pulling out of a book called Gaining Control by Robert Benton, and that's B-E-N-N-N-E-T-T. So if you ever want to look this book up, it's a great book. Robert F. Benton, and, and it's a great book. It's called Gaining Control, and he's wrote this book in the sense of he comes from a business aspect, but he also comes from a human ability, why we do the things we do. And I love the part where he talks about the belief window because I've used this a lot, um, and then I ran across this book, and I was like, hey, there it fits. He, he he's, uh, took a lot of things that I was teaching, but then the way he's taught it is he's really simplified it. So we're, I'm going to be quoting him from his book a little bit as we go through the show. But when you talk about belief systems, one of the belief systems we're going to be really hitting on today is about fear. And having that belief system in your category of why you do things and how you fear things that keep you from motivating and moving forward and having that purpose, like we talked about last week. If I have a purpose and I'm very fear-driven and I might be a very successful person, but maybe I did it out of fear. Maybe I was the puppet master kind of individual that I was over people and making them do what I wanted to because of that fear-driven kind of mentality. Now, does it work? Sure, you can uh, fear drive anybody if you hold their paycheck and their money over their head and say, hey, if you don't do it, I can't do this. But is it ethical? Is it the right thing? No, because in the longevity of things, you will not earn that person's trust and loyalty, and they will not be and have your back. So here's the thing I always have learned, and I've been guilty, everybody's been guilty of it. Why do we backbite and gossip and, and, and talk early of individuals when we come into a situation where we feel that maybe it becomes them versus us and we have that fear and we have those things? And, you know, and I thought about that hard because, you know, as I've, uh, <laughs> as I've been growing up, I'm still growing up, but as I've been getting older and as I've been looking at my experiences when it comes to business and working with people and as I've went through school and got my uh, MBA in business and so forth, I've noticed as I've worked along with people either in the same aspect or, or capacity, if I'm either just a coworker or if I'm kind of a, as a manager put in a leadership role, because leadership versus manager, we talked a little about that last week, is that we always want to be careful. And that's why I'm extending this topic into today's show, is that leadership is so important because when you're put in a role, when you're over people and you have subordinates underneath you, it's a stewardship. It's a blessing to be in that position because you knew what it felt like not having that ability to be uh, making the decisions. So when somebody gives you that stewardship, 
wow, what a responsibility. So what are you going to do with it? So if you're driving, you're a leader, what do you do with it? That's my question to you. Call us, tell us about it, 731-1230. I want to hear about it. If anybody dares to take the risk, if you are a manager or a leader in some aspect and you're listening to this show, let's hear what you do to make a difference instead of doing the whole traditional fear-based kind of leadership. Because um, you can be a manager, and micromanaging is a whole different thing, so you've got to look at it. So here's where we're going to go with this now as we, we work into the first break here, is belief windows. What is a belief window, and how do I see and view the world? How do I see myself? So in the definition out of the book that we were talking about, Gaining Control, is that in front of every person, they have the way they see the world through some sort of belief system. We're going to call it a window. It's a large window that you view the world. Everything that you're putting out is the way you see the world. So on your beautiful window, if you take a picture and you see this window, if you have one by you, or even your car window, if you're looking through it, that's the way you view the world. And as you drive down the road, you've all been in that situation, or most of us, is we see and we're thinking constantly how we view things. Maybe an, a, a, an incident happened at work or at home and you're frustrated. The first thing you do is go into your head because 90% of the time we live in our heads as human beings. We sit in there and we think of all the things we should have, could have, would have if it's a past tense conversation or all the things that we're building up to a future conversation that might have anxiety, tension, frustration. So we have to get prepared for it. But a lot of times it's the belief window. Why do you avoid the things we do? Now, this window is, is it's, it's invisible to the naked eye. We can't see it. It's there. But you're not going to be able to see it. But it's very real. It's how you view it. But it's also how things are filtered in from the world. And so the things coming in from the world, it's, all the way, it's also the way you or I, um, we process that information and that data coming in. So whatever you do, and we, and we also use it as a shield because we've learned to do like the whole, I'm going to lock up my window and not let things in. So we make it a very good shield at times when we don't want things to come in or we want to avoid things. So it becomes that shield. So these are the things we're going to talk about. What is the beliefs on your window? What is it causing you to have fear? Maybe it's fear of success fear of moving in into being a, a good mother or a good father. Maybe you feel that you, you failed in some area, that you're not good enough. Or maybe it's that you feel that you're not good enough as a human being and that you keep falling and making mistakes and not doing the right thing or you just fall short. Or maybe you feel that um, I have to be controlling and demanding and therefore on my belief window is that because I have the insecurities from my past and everybody was beating me at that time, uh, either beating my self-esteem down, let me be clear, is that then now that I'm in this leadership role, I'm going to be the force of power and you're going to listen to me. So maybe that's your belief window. And if that's your belief window is that if you have kind of a narcissistic attitude that the world evolves around you, then there's a problem there because then the belief window is the way you see the world is it's all about me. Or maybe the belief window is about being a victim, that I, I, you know, I had an emotional event in my life and that I was this and, or that something else happened and why does this always happen to me? So then I go into my victim state. And so those are kind of the belief windows, but how do we change our belief system? Because if, as I have a belief, as you know, when you have this belief occur, I catch a belief, I have all the potential in the world, but my limiting belief eliminates my action that I take a lot because I say, well, I can almost do it, I can kind of do it, 
uh, maybe I can do it, but then my potential, my little action brings past little results as we've seen. Um, so if you've always tried something and you failed at it, and failure is not a bad thing, folks, because that's something we do all the time. We have to fail over and over and over because it's a beautiful country that you live in. It was based on failure. It was because many, many great men have came over and women, and they'd had lots of failures in the process for us to be where we're at and have the freedom we do. And so that fear of taking the risk of those people that came and settled this wonderful country uh, way, way back in our our people that came over, our ancestors and everything, it took fear, it took risk, it took all those things. Because I tell, I tell you, if you leave your homes and you say, okay, I'm going to go change my life tomorrow, could you do it? Could you leave your home, leave everything behind, take not one thing, and, and then go start all over? Most of us can't do that because scare, we're scared. Because we've been programmed, our belief system, our windows that we're looking at the world is we've been taught, go get a job, go get a good education, go do this and do all those things, which are good things. But don't trust yourself and you always have to make sure that you, if, if somebody doesn't respect you where you work, but that's okay. You know, be satisfied with it because there's nothing else you can do. So it's really just living to, you know, like Rusty said last week, and I love what John Maxwell wrote, is putting your dreams to the test. I love that title for a book. I just, I think it's great. So I, I would encourage you. It's a great book also. And, and, it, and if you really look at that, putting your dreams to the test, as John Maxwell put, is that test your dreams out. Because why have you stopped dreaming is because somewhere on your belief system, that way of frame of mind that you're thinking, if it's because of work, if it's because of family, you've started doubting yourself. And uh, trust me, I've been there, you know, growing up with a learning disability and struggling. I was just having this conversation with my sister last night because we both have grew up with the same disability. Um, She's not much younger than me, but um, we still struggled. And she's in school right now. And she was having anxiety at the time. and, And it was because of the belief system that I'm telling you right now. And the belief system is if I don't do this, I'm gonna fail. And if I fail, I'm gonna let my son down. And if I let my son down, then I'm not a good mom. You see where this goes? It's just it's just trickle and this ripple effect that just keeps going. And so you have to be very careful in how you see yourself on this window. So again, let's recap. Is that belief system, that belief window, it's everybody has it in front of you. We all have this large window. If you're if you're visualizing with me, think of this large window. You're viewing the window, you're viewing the world through it. And it's the way you see things. It's what you've written on that belief window is how you feel about yourself. And now this window is visible. It's not real, like I mentioned, if you're just tuning in and it's there. So you have to know it's not there. You're not going to be able to touch it, feel it, all that thing. But it's a very real thing. And we're going to talk about it. As we get into the show, this next part is we're going to be talking about what causes us to have that belief system. If it's a healthy belief system on your belief window, it's going to be great. It's going to be health. It's going to be, I love myself. I'm going to put out things. I'm going to put out good energy into the world. That's a healthy window that you want. And here's what's beautiful about it. And I want to put this out there is that we can wash the window and it just takes a little soap and a little time and a little love and care and maybe a little help where you just bring somebody over to help you see little things and why that's on your window. Because sometimes maybe you try to wash and it seems like a permanent marker 
and maybe you bring somebody over and says, hey, you know, Johnny, Susie, here's what's going on. Here's how you just need to apply it. Here's the right type of chemicals you need to bring off that marker. And then we just wash it away. And what's beautiful about life is you get to start over while you're still here and alive and breathing. Because the greatest thing about life is that breath you take every day. Because we take it for granted because that breath, we think, well, you know, hey, it's just something we do, right? But guess what? It's a gift every time because when you take that breath in, you don't know. Because that's something you have to love about life is that we can wash the window off and we can start over. The belief that you have, that system, brings past the behavior that occurs in our lives. So that belief that you're occurring, the thought or the mindset, and we can call it the frame of mind that you're having, is why you're doing or believing or behaving the way you are. And this goes for parenting. Your children are the same way. Their belief systems, if you really understand the belief or the values of teens, and I always tease uh, when I work with parents, is the belief system of a child or a, a young teenager in, in their early teens, in the, you know, 12 to 18, they're always looking at friends, fun, freedom, food, and then I added the fifth one, Facebook. So that was kind of fun. So we threw five in there now. But the main four ones is friends, fun, freedom, and food. Because if you think about that, if my belief window is always on my window or all those principles and at whoever, whenever, and whatever, is I'm going to do it at every cost to have those fun friends and freedom. And so I'm going to be very defined as a teenager if I don't get it. Or I'm going to throw a fit. I'm just going to throw an attitude. You've always done that. Hey, Johnny, go take the trash out. All right, Mom, whatever. And, you know, and they throw a fit on you, and you're like, really? Why can't you be kind? I do all this for you, and then you get in that whole reasoning with a teenager that just doesn't go your way. Because a lot of times, and I say most, because there's some really respectful teens that just get it, and that's called a core value system that uh, you can't. Some just, they just are, I don't know how to explain it. Some are just given that gift to where they just, are very kind and they struggle in some other areas. Maybe it's just self-esteem, but they're very kind when you say, Johnny, go do the trash. Sure, mom, what else can I do? Because that's their definition of self-worth. And so a lot of times you have to decide where it is and what you're going to do. But this belief system that is occurring, it's very real. And we as people, we live our lives by principles we have written upon these belief on this belief window. And so if you, you take an example, and, it, and it's interesting because there's uh, there's cluster of individuals. There's individuals or groups that have the same common belief windows, and they act and think alike. And you'll run into this, and it's a very interesting societal uh, norm if you see it. You'll meet ones that say, you know, I don't have time. No, go away. I'm not interested. I'm never working. You know, I'll, I'll never work. Um, and, you know, I'm not interested in that. Leave me alone. And and they, they run in a group or a pack. And then you have ones that stand alone. Um, I'll take it. You're not interested. Um, you know, and so if I approach people and if I, their belief system is healthy or toxic, what do you think is going to come from that belief system um, when you approach their window? Because if you imagine a window in front of you, every time you go to have a conversation with somebody, you have to understand that's what's going on in their mind is how do I view this person? Where's my belief system? And they're, they're going through and categorizing it and they're looking at it and they're looking for all their experiences that they've had and they're accessing all parts of their brains. And so this belief window is going on. Okay, well, Johnny's having this talk with me, my coworker, and he's doing this. And so I'm going to act this way. And this is my behavior. So now my reaction instead of response 
is coming from either the past. And let me give you an example. It's kind of fun. I'm going to tell you a story about the the girl who thought believed she was ugly. No matter what she did or no matter what anybody did, this girl thought she was the ugliest girl ever. And it was, it was really heartbroken and it's sad. I'm going to paraphrase this story. Um, now, this girl went along and she grew up and she got married eventually. And as she grew up, um, she was always never would take compliments. And in, no matter how much the individuals around in her life would say, hey, you know, uh, you're, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. And she wouldn't take the compliment because she didn't believe in it. Even her husband sat and worked with her. She's, you know, she wouldn't accept the idea of why she felt the way she felt. Because according to her, her, you know, how she grew up, her, her value system and what she was taught was that she was worthless. And it goes on as the story, you know, jumping to it is that she couldn't accept the idea that she was attractive. He said that, and I'm going to paraphrase this out of the book because this comes from the book I was telling you. It is more part of her self-esteem problems, and it is actually the effect of a relationship from the past when she was told constantly that she realized her ugliness was coming from the root of her mother. And so as it goes on is that she over and over accepted the principle that her mother had taught her and put on her as a young woman, as her belief system. By accepting her mother's evaluation about her, she looked, this young woman had lived her whole life under her mother's control her whole life. And then what's sad is as it goes to the end of the story here, it basically tells you this, is that um, that she had done this, she had came, hadn't ever came control of it, but it had been years and her mother had passed away and it's still from the grave, her mother was still, that belief that was instilled to her was still over controlling her life. That even though the mom had passed away, that principle, that concept that she instilled into this young lady, she constantly will leave it as it goes through the book and tells and you know, and that's sad because that concept of you're this, and as a young kid, that's where we learn all these things. As a young child, as a teenager, even as an adult, because we all sometimes seek for acceptance even in our workplace, don't we? Because think about that. You know, we're looking for some sort of mentor, mentor or role. So if you're growing up in your belief system, you know, and I've seen this personally, you know, as, as I grew up is that we lost our father at a young age. So when you don't have that father figure growing up, you're always looking for some sort, some sort of type of mentor in your life. And I've seen this in some coworkers as they've grown up or they're working in a co-setting. Um, they'll come to a, a father-like figure and think they're going to take them in under their wing and, and do that. And so what happens is they get disappointed because they're let down in that because they're projecting that, hey, this person's going to be like my my mentor or my father, and they're going to replace that gap that I've never had. And so they start trusting, which trust is very important. It's the biggest thing in, in anything. So belief windows, huge. So on this lady's, this girl that thought she was ugly, she believed it, but she was actually a very beautiful woman, and she was very beautiful, but no matter what anybody told her, she couldn't get that off. So, you know, it goes into the, the concept of when your belief window, how do we know what our belief window is? And this is what I'm going to give you. Is number one, you have to sit down and you have to start processing, how do I see things? Because sometimes if you're being very critical of others, if you start gossiping, backbiting, talking, um, I've had some uh, leadership that I've been under before, uh, a long time ago when I was working. Um, it was interesting because here's the belief system that I seen that occurred is that they were a leader under a group or, you know, as I said, they, they all flock together, you know, birds and alike flock together. And so what would happen is 
they would say things to certain things that are subordinates, and then they would go into meetings, and then they would actually backbite on that subordinate. They would be like, can you believe that? I can't believe that. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, it was interesting. As I watched that pattern, it caused such a disconnect or such a bad environment into the workplace because even though that person didn't know, the ones that had the belief system, hey, be kind to others, and because the individual that started talking about that other person, because of their insecurities, their their whatever, how they had to gain control, and that's what the book we're talking about is gaining control, is that control is an illusion. So if you really think you're going to control somebody by backbiting, by getting everybody on your 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 team, and it's called rallying the troops. It's just the th- way I've came up with it is when something bad happens to somebody, what happens is their belief system is I'm going to go rally as many people as I can to get bought into my victim my victim state is everybody needs to validate it and so if i have enough validation it's going to make it right what i do does that make sense and so that's what happens and occurs a lot in in today's society so you know we talk about bullying we talk about it in the schools you know my my piece on it is where does it all begin it all begins in the home and so if i have a kid that goes into the schools and is bullying other kids it's because they've modeled that and let's get real. If you really think about it, if you follow the strand back to the child and then keep following it, it's going to come from somewhere that has been influenced in their life or they're not getting influence because maybe they come from a broken home where they have no influence. And so the best way is because I have low self-esteem and I'm, I'm worried. Why don't we pick on this other kid? So my belief system, again, we're talking about belief window, is if I pick on this person, I'm going to I'm going to start climbing up in society's chain. So if I pick on them, everybody's going to think I'm funny, like me, and so therefore I start doing it. So think about that kid's belief system. What is it? It's pretty all over the place. So we look at it that way. So so let's talk about this real quick because I think before we go to break, I want to spend a few minutes on it, is that the puppet versus puppeteer. And I like this concept because, you know, one of the things is we've all felt like we've been um, being controlled by the puppeteer and we've been the puppet and when you don't know your belief system and this is what um, again the gentleman talks about in his book is that you know you're always looking to place your belief system in other people's control so how do you cut the strings you have to understand what your belief is and start p- pasting it together and know what your purpose is and connect it together because if I'm running on somebody else's belief or ideas and this is the, probably the biggest travesty that, um, I didn't say that word out right, but this is probably the biggest downfall that most parents do is that instead of helping your kids find their own belief system and knowing why it's occurring, they try to pass that on to their kids and say, hey, you know, and it's okay to give them principles. Don't, don't get me wrong. You want to teach them the kind of principles you want, but help them understand why they're believing what they're believing because it's their experiences that are occurring and you don't want to push your and don't want to be the puppet master or the puppeteer. You want to cut the strings and help them fall when they fall, make mistakes, and have that failure, that fear of failure, that fear of success. It's 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 because it's been taught, and we've all understood it. If we think about what did occur in your home when it comes to money, if you have this belief window about money, let's talk about that because that's on our windows, right? We have money. We we see the world how it is. Is it okay to be rich? Is it okay to be wealthy? Is it okay to have money? Well, of course. But why in our homes have we been taught, you know, it's okay. It's not everything. Money's not, a, you know, everything. Well, of course it's everything. It pays the bills. It pays everything. Why can't we teach them the game of money? 
Well, if we don't know the game of money, how can we pass that concept on? If we don't understand why we're occurring these beliefs and this behavior is occurring, how can we really tack the core issue at home when your son or daughter starts yelling at you? Does that make sense? So it's coming back to if I understand the person's belief window in my coworker, in my parenting, in my child, in my friend, whoever it is that you're in your, your circle of influence, you'll go a lot ways. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody because there's going to be some toxic belief windows as you look into it. And as you start, um, you know, taking that data in, now you're going to have to decide, do I set a boundary with that person and their beliefs? Because maybe they just can't wipe it off the window and they don't want to. And so do I choose to be among them? And that's something you have to look at. So a lot of things, you know, when it comes to knowing and understanding, again, control is illusion. You cannot control anybody. If you try to control somebody, it's like backing, as I always use in parenting, if I back a wild animal into the corner, what are they going to do? They're going to bite you. And it's the same thing with adults, with people, with everybody as a human being, is that you have to understand you cannot control anybody but yourself. And the more you've learned to control and evaluate yourself and self-improve as you even fall back, because you might fall back a little bit, but as long as you're trying. And I'm going to throw it out there is if you really want to know why your child or your spouse or anybody's doing the things they are, is understand what their belief system is. And then knowing why the behavior is occurring, because sometimes we look at the behavior and we try to change the behavior and we get frantic. And we're like, okay, we got to change that behavior. We're going to shock it. We're going to beat it. We're going to do whatever. Uh, we're going to try to redirect it. Uh, and we're going to try to really make it to where um, we need to move forward and get a different change of, of behavior. But a lot of times where we, we get kind of sidetracked, we don't go beyond the, the door and say, okay, well, why is this occurring? Where's the belief system happening? And what is the disconnect that we're not having? Because maybe the child's just unhappy. Maybe you made a promise and you didn't fall through and they're holding you accountable for that. There, there could be a hundred million things that's going on there, but we only see the behavior and we rea- react to it. And, and so we got to be careful to that and understand each other and why we do the things we do. And so it's just simple conversations and having that willingness to do it. Because sometimes if your belief window is very stuck and you're very set in your ways and you're not willing to look at other people's belief system, it's going to be hard to communicate with you. And so a lot of times when I bump up against individuals that have a very strong belief window, as long as they, they respect and they're doing certain things, but if you can't, you know, it's always an argument with somebody and you can't really go forward on it or they need to have that control, that illusion. They feel that they need to be in control and manage and do all those things. Then you just got to let them own it and do it. So let's say, you know, what's on your belief window? Let's talk about that for a minute. It's time to look at your belief window. And these are the things you want to, I'm going to give you a topic and some list. And I want you to think of what comes to your mind when I talk about these topics. So, um, and these are some public issues. So we talk about public public issues out there on the news and stuff, you know, and, and so let's talk about it. So when I say on your belief window, I say education, what comes to your mind? Think about it. And as I pop out education, I say, you know, schools should go back to the basics. What does that mean? Uh, school traditions, you know, are the traditional schools like where we used to have it to where here's what you get and that's what you get, you know, and all of those things. So how does it look on your belief window when I say education? Because some people's windows, education is not important, not a big deal. And that's okay, right? 
Because if they have a plan, they have a purpose, they have a dream, they're doing what they're doing, and they're happy, healthy, and willing to be part and healthy to do something good for humanity, is it a bad thing if that's not on their way, their belief system? Because a lot of times, because it's on mine, and I think it's so important, and maybe I transparent and, and I say, okay, well, education, everybody has to have it. So I'm going to put on your window, your window, your window, your window. Now I'm going into control. So now I have to back out and say, well, wait a minute, it's not my problem or it's not my reason or rhyme to make sure that person has it on their window because that person's still very valuable, very loving, very kind, and and they're educated in different ways, just not the inter- institutional-wise like as far as at universities, but they, they have different types of education. So it's finding respect in others, and that's so important. So then it's looking at this, too. It's looking at what does it look like when it comes to, um, uh, say, military. Let's say military. If I say arms race, military, everything that's going on. Or if I just say uh, politicians, what's on your belief window? And I'm, I'm using public, uh, public issues that we sometimes see. And uh, what if I say uh, something like if we throw something out like, um, uh, I'll give you one, religion or music. Our family relations, uh, self-esteem—that's a big one. What is on your? Re- let's let's throw that out. Self-esteem. What's on that window? Maybe that's a little square in your window. What is on that self-esteem portion? Um, do I praise? Do I receive from others? The things I I own, uh, my clothes, everything, the way I look, who am I married to? How often do I win games? If I'm a competitive person, so you know those are the things you want to look at. Is and I'm just going through this so you understand how to process to what's on your window. Uh, what about responsibility? I throw that out. If I said that to a teen, hey, what's responsibility look like? You know, or I love uh, my my co uh, uh, facilitator when we do parenting workshops, uh, Phil. Uh, a lot of times we'll ask, he'll ask, what's freedom look like? And he's came up with a definition of freedom when he asked teenagers. And, and it's it's a form of anarchy that he comes across with some of the teens. It's on their belief system or their window. It's whoever, whatever, whenever, and however I want. And so that's their definition of freedom. And so it's it's a little, you know, it's almost a little scary when you hear that. But, but, but that's how they think. On their belief window, when it comes to freedom, that's what they think. So as an adult or as an individual, you might still feel that way. But what is your belief system when it comes to freedom? Or for self-esteem. What about family relationships? This is an interesting one. On my belief window, um, it's it's varies because I had to talk to one of my older sisters that her 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 difference of belief versus whatever as far as family relationships was way different than mine. And now we grew up in the same family. Isn't that interesting? A family of seven. We grew up in, and then we had uh, five more ado- or stepsisters and brothers. So there was twelve of us. But her belief window was. That when it comes to Christmas, is that she feels that part of being a family is buying presents. Well, growing up with me, I I was never really I, presents are not a big thing for me. So my belief window is, if I want to show care, I'm going to spend time in the holidays. I'm going to do things. Who says I have to buy you something to show you that I love you? I can simply just do it in actions or do things. But that's a traditional thing. It, it's not a bad thing. So um, I I don't really do it so for sometimes with my siblings like my brother that has four kids my belief window is hey let me come babysit for you guys for a weekend hang out with my nephews and nieces and so therefore you get a break that's my gift to you 
I think that's more valuable than go buying a CD. So see where the belief windows kind of occur. So the behavior is, oh, well, you're not, you're not really into family. Really? Oh, how's that look? So you got to be careful. Now, here's a really big topic. Let's see what's on your belief window if you're sitting there driving. If I say music, what comes to mind? What type of music do you like? What's on your belief? Is it music that uplifts you? Is it music that goes crazy and rock and rolling and drives you crazy to where your senses can't think? Because we all have a judgment of what type of music makes us motivated. Because music has an effect on the soul and on everything we have. As a human being, there's been lots of research on it. But what is your belief in it, and why do you listen to the music you do? So that's an interesting concept. So what's on your belief window? And so let's go to a big, big thing here. Oh, I got one. How about parenting? So we say parenting out there. What comes to your belief window? How was I taught if I do the webbing and I go back, what did mom and dad teach me on parenting? So did they teach me how to be a very authoritative parent that, hey, you better respect me. If, if you don't respect me, here's what you get. Or is it just having structure and teaching rules and doing it out of values and kindness and, and, and showing them, but still have that structure and not, you know, because if I'm a very authoritative parent only at times when I need to and I, I jump off the bed and start yelling and I get what I want by having voking that fear into them, how long is that going to last? So what belief system are we teaching? What, when, what are we writing on our children's windows? Because as part of parenting, you get to go right on their window because, remember, you're teaching them to write. So whatever you put on their window, so if you're driving down the road and you're saying in your cell phone with your friend and Ma and Susie and Johnny are in the back and they're really young and you're saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe how ugly I am. I need to do this. Uh, I need to go to the salon. Oh my gosh. you know. And you're having this dialogue in front of your kids in the back of you, not realizing, guess what they're doing? They're taking a marker in their little heads and they're writing on their windows if I don't do this, this is what ugly means. If I don't do this, I'm not good enough. So mom and dad, they said this. I heard them. So this is how we write on our children's windows. you got to be very careful on how you project and what you do around your kids. But also, even when we do things as individuals, even though we are hurt or we do things that, towards each other, it's how are we going to deal with conflict? What's on your window when I say conflict? Am I going to, how important is that relationship to you that you're willing to work through it? Because sometimes we just uh, say, hey, we're done. See you later. Um, but how important is it to you? Because um, we have that some that come in and some that go out. So look at the principles that you occur and why are we having the belief systems that are. And so we just did a fun process. I just took you through something that we do in our workshops. But in the workshop, we go a little, a little deeper and we help you find it and we help you work through it. But the biggest thing in, in, in just having it, if you're driving on the way home, maybe you're tired and you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired and you want to change and you don't know how to do it. And the fear is so big that the fear keeps you from making that movement because maybe you want to always have wanted to start your own business. Let's say we use that. But on your limiting belief window is I'm not good enough. I don't have the money. Not right now. Not, 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 not enough time. And, and those, some of those are legit reasons, but it's also saying, how do I put my dreams to the test? Like John Maxwell said is what do I do to push it forth? How do I get it out of the norm and how do I move forward? And it's just the fact of, you know, when you when your frustrations in the world, and I've always used this quote on past shows, is that all your frustrations that you have is your unmet expectations that you've 
you've put out there because we all have such high expectations for others around us. Um, and, you know, and that's where I get frustrated a lot as a human is that I, I have human moments where I get frustrated because I do have expectations and then I get let down because my frustration is that I wanted that person to succeed, but I've learned to take the frustra- or the expectation down just a little bit and have no expectations, but then have purpose and meaning and helping them find their own vision. Because as I get their, their, because it's not about my purpose when I'm working with somebody or I'm working with a teenager or a parent or somebody, it, it, it's a matter of figuring out and helping them know what their purpose is. Because a lot of times it's, it's living life for meaning. And that's that whole theory when we go back to uh, Viktor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Good book. Go get it. And so in his book, he talks about it when he's looking for purpose and he's trying to understand it. And he talks about it in his book, In the Man's Search for Meaning, is that he had experiences in the concentration camps when he was a Jewish prisoner over there um, during that time. He learned a lot about knowing what causes us, us to have those belief systems. And I've kind of took his concept and I've put it in this way. When you have a comfort and you're looking at a comfort zone, we're going to call it the comfort zone, and we're looking at it in a sense of my belief system is because I'm comfortable. That's it. I'm comfortable to be where I'm at, and I'm comfortable to do what I'm doing without growth. I'd rather not do anything because it's too scary to take risk. I want to stay here, but are you really safe? And we're going to talk about it when we come back from the break because we're going to talk about are you really safe in where you're at in your job, in your family, is things moving forward? Are you getting what you want out of it? Or can you really push yourself out of your comfort zone and get more? Lots of information. And that's what I encourage you that I always push and I always make sure is that continue to learn because that's where you're going to change your belief system. Is that the more information I gain, not the traditional way, it's the more you seek and the more you do as self-improvement. Because it's what you want to improve on. Because, you know, the traditional learning and going into an institution, you're, they're going to tell you what you're learning. And you're going to get tested on what they want you tested on. But when you go into wonderful books, as lovely people like these gentlemen and these ladies have put together, is that you can find what you believe and take from them how you see it. And that's really the trick to life. And I love what uh, Patakos and his wife had done. Because I've talked a lot. Of, they've been on the show in the past. And... And it's beautiful what they say. They do what's called the OPA life, the way to look at things, having a purpose, looking for meaning, you know, connection with others. And then also at the end is choosing your attitude, OPA. And that's what it means is if you move forward and you have that OPA kind of life as they they push out there in their books, um, it, you know, the biggest thing I learned from just having my connection and, and running into them in my life is that it is my choice. I, if I don't have purpose and I lose interest in what I'm doing, and I lose interest in what I have and I, I have in front of me, and I'm not grateful for it because I've had clients say, I just lost interest. I don't have any drive. I don't want to do anything. I just It just seems mundane. I'm depressed. I think the world would be better without me. And then sometimes you have to say, really? Wow. I guess the world doesn't know you the way I know you. And that's the hard part is that sometimes people don't realize what their belief system is because they get down and they'd rather just say, I'm done, I'm out, let me check out. But you all, everybody has a portion. It's a part of your your heartbeat is part of this whole world is something that you have to give is here. And you need to decide what is it that you are, are supposed to give to us as an individual. 
And what is your mark that you're going to leave if it's just kindness and all you've done your whole life has been kind and loved everything? Is that a life of that was not with no worth? And I'd say to you, no, because that life was of huge worth if you taught people to love. And if that's all the thing you've done in your life has just been loving and kind and you've taught everybody, you've done a huge legacy. We always look at Mother Teresa. We've heard the stories about her. Mother Teresa didn't start out to do what she did. She changed the world by just deciding to get up and do it. One day she said, I want to help world hunger, and she went to work and did it. And how much has that individual influenced our life? You have all sorts of wonderful people, if you really look at it. They decided to get up off the seat, off their off their rear ends, and as much as this as painful as it was and how scary it was, that fear was there. They took the risk. They took the step forward. And it's even with health. You know, I'm taking a journey right now because in my, in my family, weight is up and down and I have to try to make sure I control it, is that it's taking that first step to move forward in that, that journey of being healthy. Because sometimes a lot of us avoid doctors, don't we? <laughs> and we do. We do it because of fear. We do it because we don't want to. And, and unfortunately, in my younger age, when we lost our father um, as a young child, it was because of his fear of doctors. And it was his belief windows, if I go to the doctor, I'm going to be in pain. Because as a young child, he, he um, had his eye operated on because, you know, those airplanes, those little gliders back then, they were wood. And it, and it did some damage to it. So when he had a gallbladder issue, he decided not to go. He knew ahead of time what was going on, but he decided not to do the surgery. And so it ruptured and it caused a lot of problems. Therefore, it took his life. And that was a choice. I'm not angry about it. I'm just, I'm sad about it. And so as an individual, I have to look at it as a big loss like that. Um, a lot of people can be angry because, hey, you didn't, he didn't do what he was supposed to. If he would have, he would have, you know, should have, would have, could have, whatever. Um, we can shoot all over ourselves by saying should have, could have, would have, right? And, and it is what it is, but we learn from those things. And so a lot of times that's a, that's a goal of mine is to try to be as healthy as I can. Limit the activities that are unhealthy to make sure that I can be around to make change in the world why I'm here. So it just depends on what your belief window. So I share that personally because I want you to see what is it that you struggle with. As I love the advocates that work with teens, um, it's called if, uh, an outfit. It's uh, uh, Challenge Day. We went to them. And I always use their information. And this is huge for belief window is that they go into the schools and they help these teenagers change their life. They've been on MTV and I met uh, the, the founders and they call it, if you truly knew me, what would it be? And it's a great concept, and I love it. You know, and they do it, and it's a great thing when they, they quote Gandhi, and I love it, and I've kind of adopted that, is that be the change in your life, and that's what they push. is They, they call it challenges, be the change, and they teach these teens. And so to really get your beliefs in, with window down and to clean it off, you have to get real. And this is a concept they teach, and I hope I can pass this on to you, is that get real, you know, lower the water line and say, if you truly knew me, what would it be? How would that look? How would that feel? And if you truly knew me, are you a hot mess? Are you working through things? If I truly knew you, or do you sometimes have depression? Do you have um, anxiety? If I truly knew you, do you hide a lot of things from people that you don't want them to see? And the reason you want to lower this waterline is if you're taking these around, these heavy things, and you're putting them in your backpack, that's your belief window that you keep writing on that window is that I'm either not worth something. But maybe it's healthy and your belief system is is that 
I love myself. I'm a positive person. Everywhere I go, I'm going to influence people. And if you're that type of person, come be with me because I love people like that. And if you're working on it, let's work together. Either way, we can do it all together because it takes one another to connect. Because if I have a positive, healthy person, but if you know you're toxic, have somebody help you get out of that toxicity so where you're not always down. And, and find ways. And the best way to get cured from toxicity, if you're always grumpy, you're always negative, is go serve others. Don't make it about you. Go out, volunteer, go to some agencies, start looking about other people and seeing what the... You for, the more you forget yourself, the more you find your life. Does that make sense? As I go to work and I serve others, I'm going to find who I am by not worrying about what's in my life. Because if I'm so tired by the end of the day that I've helped so many people, I'm going to hit the pillow not worrying about what my life and problems are. But if I sit and I reminisce and I worry about everything and how I could do things, I'm going to have a problem. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I would love to give you a free gift to download, but you can also email me at purposedrivenperson at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember, guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.